Hi, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieV47, from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, and I think that it's telling me... Uh oh. <laughs> was that you saying? I was like, wait, did something bad happen? Was no, that's a direct line from the episode. Amazing. <laughs> to listen to the show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. We are back with our coverage of the original Spider-Man show from 1967, and we'll jump right into it, because like we said uh, last week on our 100th episode, we are going to have a guest for every single episode of this show that we cover. Today, we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Craig of Krypton Site and the K-Site TV Network. What's up, Craig? Uh, just swinging around. <laughs> <laughs> swinging around to some acid jazz music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With great, yeah. fantastically painted backgrounds. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and a groovy theme song. Very, very groovy theme song. Yeah, well, speaking of all of that, you're watching the Spider-Man 67 show with us. Just to kind of get started with all this stuff, what's your background with with both Spider-Man in general and then also this cartoon as well? I think my earliest Spider-Man memory might be seeing him on the Electric Company TV show because I'm old. Um, I also had a Viewmaster Spider-Man thing. (gasps) <gasps> that I remember had a picture of the Amazing Fantasy 15 cover on it. And I thought that was really so cool. cool. Because back That's then awesome. you couldn't have the internet to look up those things. <laughs> I love Viewmaster stuff. I love Viewmasters. <laughs> I had so many of I had so many from Disney when I was a kid. That's awesome. And then uh probably I mean I got into comics late 80s. So unfortunately, like Spider-Man and his amazing friends was even out of the rotation. But of course you could rent videos from the video store. There were a couple episodes of that. And also the previous Spider-Man cartoon, which I think was the same Sunbow Productions. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I was really into that. I didn't follow the um, 90s cartoon as much as I followed the X-Men at the time. I don't remember why. Maybe I was busy with school, something like that. But, um... I've been collecting Spider-Man comics ever since Acts of Vengeance, which would have been 89-90. That was the period of time where Spider-Man got cosmic powers and beat up the Hulk. Oh, right on. As you do. <laughs> and Todd McFarlane was drawing the book back then. There were some great comics. but I mean, there still are some good Spider-Man comics going on, but I'm of the right age that I did not think the Clone Saga was lame. Sure. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. Honestly, I'm a I'm a I'm a Clone Saga apologist. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so fun. I mean, I guess like the best Spider-Man is just the Spider-Man that you experienced when you were a kid or were first getting into comics like as a teenager. Like that's what it amounts to most for the most part. <laughs> yeah, but the the joy of Spider-Man is there's so many great ways to tell the story as something like Spider-Verse showed us. Yeah. You know, like yes. there's so many iterations of the character. I mean, there's certain like basic, you know, features of Spider-Man that kind of work, but you know, it's it's familiar, it's comfortable. He's like the hero any of us could be because he's under a mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. So if, you, if you've watched this show specifically at some point, right, this wasn't your first time ever watching it. I feel like I might have seen it as a kid, like, again, with the renting videotapes, because I remember one of the local video stores had, like, the old, like, Marvel superhero shows, which were just the comic book panels just turned into animation. But Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there had to have been like a Spider-Man videotape because and obviously, you know, the theme song. So I'm sure I've seen some of this somewhere. But beyond that, I have not seen this in years other than like reading Wikipedia pages about, you know, (laughs) random things that I know you and I talked about, Derek, like, yeah, yeah. How they adapted another cartoon into an episode of Spider-Man just because, (laughs) Yep. but you're a ways away from that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait till we get to it though. I know. Honestly, like the first season will be fun to do because it's just a lot of classic Spider-Man stuff. And like, I think a lot of the memes come from the first season, but Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for the second and third season when they're like, I'm sure that they were miserable making it, but all the budget constraints that they were under, like it, I'm sure that it's just wacky to watch it and to look for that stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. Which episode has the famous pointing? That is an episode called Double Identity. And I don't actually remember... If it's from the first or second season, okay. now that I'm thinking about it. So I'll have to look that up. I don't, there's already a couple memes in these episodes we were watching today, which I was <laughs> kind of surprised by how early they're already coming up. But yeah, I think the pointing one, I think the pointing one is the first season, but I think it's a little later. Like it's still not going to be a little for a while before we hit that one. I nice. Think. Yeah, so cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to kind of dive into this because, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about like background information on last week's episode. So, kind of got it all out of the way. Yeah. But uh, we'll still have some fun stuff to talk about, like the memes that show up in this episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> If you'd like to watch the show along with us, it's not streaming anywhere, at least not legally. You can find it on some places if you look for it. You don't have to look very hard. Uh, <coughs> Internet archive, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> but uh, the DVDs are also out there. It's a good DVD set. It is really expensive, but you can, if you can find it on eBay, it's worth a buy. Uh, it's a good set. So definitely worth checking out this show. The episode we're talking about is of the 67 Spider-Man show is season one, episode two. The first segment that we're going to be talking about is called Where Crawl? the lizard the synopsis for this episode per me is spider-man meets florida man (laughs) beautifully done thank you thank you i was very proud of that one original air date was september 16th 1967 yeah as you might suspect from the title uh the characters highlighted here are the connors so we get the lizard sometimes referred to as lizard man more seriously than i would have expected um (laughs) and he is voiced both the lizard and dr connors are voiced by gilly fenwick who we did talk about last week as dr smarter in sub-zero for spidey uh like i said he was going to be voicing more iconic characters here's one of them (laughs) 
And then also we get Mrs. Connor, and she is voiced by Peg Dixon, who is one of those regular credited voice cast members. She also voices Betty. So we know those two folks uh, from last week. I'm sure she just voices like all the women ever in this show probably is what it is. We're going to hear Peg Dixon's name a lot as female characters are introduced. Yes. (laughs) She does a lot of work. She carries carries like 50% of the show with regards to characters. Cool. Cool. But other than that, that's pretty much our production and our characters because we're sort of familiar with all that stuff already. So we can jump right into what this episode is. As a reminder, for these 1967 episodes, we're not going beat by beat. I'll give a summary and then we'll just kind of go wherever we want. Yeah, there's barely a plot to most of these episodes anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode opens with the lizard, or like I said, lizard man, attacking a couple of dudes in the Everglades. And after the news of these lizard attacks reach New York, Peter Parker concocts a plan to convince the Daily Bugle to send him to Florida for work so he can confront the new villain. Jameson begrudgingly agrees after Betty and Peter convince him that the lizard could be the ultimate scoop. So, in the Everglades, as Spider-Man attempts to seek out Dr. Connors, an expert in reptiles, he's attacked by the lizard. And after narrowly escaping, um, when the lizard tries to drown him, Spider-Man runs into a boy named Billy, who says, Hey, Dr. Connors, that's my dad. (laughs) But you're not going to find him because he went missing, or he just left. (laughs) Which is a really sad scene. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So Spider-Man follows up with Billy's mom, Mrs. Connors, and as they discuss a note left behind by Dr. Connors advising the family to leave, Billy is attacked by the lizard outside. (laughs) So trauma left and right. Yeah. Well, I like that the note is just like, first of all, I like that Billy points out (laughs) that mom's been crying for a week. So she got this note that her husband... (laughs) Her husband just left. Like, her husband mm-hmm. is like, I'm leaving. You have to leave the house, too, for your own safety. And her response is to just cry stay for there. a week and do nothing. <laughs> uh, women didn't know how to do anything other than cry in the 60s, Derek. Didn't you know? That's right. <laughs> Feminism hadn't happened yet. <laughs> what is yeah, feminism? <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't know yet. Uh, <laughs> but he does know... Uh, villain. So he and the lizard clash once again, but this time when Mrs. Connors shouts out for Billy, the lizard backs off. This sort of prompts Spider-Man to ask a couple more questions about the lizard and further investigate what Dr. Connors was studying. And he discovers in Dr. Connors' lab a map that highlights all of Earth's major swamps and a swamp fever serum that he determines he needs to make an antidote to counteract, which, if you're not familiar with the lizard, you have no idea why... He would feel the need to do that. <laughs> There's also not nearly enough swamps circled on that map to be every single swamp on Earth. It's all the swamps. <laughs> every single one of them. Well, luckily, the lizard fills us in on the sort of serum antidote situation. He interrupts Spidey's lab work and says that with the serum, he's going to create a reptile army to conquer the world. So lizard steals the serum and blows up the lab <laughs> like on Spider-Man. Fortunately, Spider-Man did manage to create the antidote before the explosion and sets off to the ruins of a Spanish fort, of course, where he (laughs) finds the lizard villain monologuing, of course. With two alligators. (laughs) With two alligators. (laughs) Who's he talking to? That's right. He's not monologuing. He's out of conversation with some alligators. (laughs) Um, So Spider-Man snaps a couple pictures and the two clash a third time. However, this time, Spider-Man manages to web up the lizard and administer the antidote, revealing that the lizard was, in fact, Dr. Connors the whole time, transformed by his own swamp fever serum. 
So Dr. Connors returns to his family, Spider-Man returns to New York, and the episode ends with Jameson rejecting Peter's photos and the notion that there ever was a lizard due to a movie production being filmed in the same area as the lizard sightings. And this episode ends with this exchange uh, between Jameson and Peter. Jameson says, Spider-Man was there. Why didn't you get pictures of him? And Peter says, just my luck, I guess. He's way too happy and like winking for like not getting cash that he needs. Like he should be upset that he's not getting paid for doing his job. Right. But he got a free yeah. trip to Florida. He, That's fair. He did get a free trip to Florida. <laughs> not that he got to like do any vacationing or anything. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we yeah. didn't, maybe after he defeated the lizard, he went to Disney World or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, there were some interesting choices in this episode to me, like calling him Dr. Curtis Connor. Yep. Yeah. They call him Connor yeah. very many times. <laughs> Including on that big old sign, like Dr. Curtis Connor that way, as if there was any question. Yeah. I also found it odd when uh, the lizard first approached Billy. He's making scary faces at him. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so... Like, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dad trying to like play with their child, you know, like boo, I'm so cre- I'm so scary. It's like, like how I, mean, I chase a- my cat around my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what he's doing. It's a legitimately cute face that he's making, I feel like. <laughs> I like the way the lizard looks though in this episode. I know like there have been many different lizard designs, some that have a more like snout like lizardy face and some that have a much more like human smushy face normally i Mm. like the ones that are a bit more lizardy but i really like his design in this episode probably just because of the way they animate him they really have fun animating his face in the comics at this point because it's only been like four years that the comics have been out the lizard design is probably still the classic like the original flat face lizard design i imagine they probably haven't changed it yet so like that's all they ever knew so that makes sense. But I agree. Like his face is so, is so like flexible yeah. <laughs> and cartoony the whole time. It's, it's, it's amazing. But they did a lot of it, <laughs> a lot with it, with the limited amount of animation they did in this series. I mean, we've yeah. seen Spider-Man not having all of his webs. They mm. could have done this pretty poorly, but actually I think the lizard turned out really well. Well, considering like his scaly skin is sort of like the equivalent of the webs on the suit and they still managed to make him look scaly and animate it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a lot of lines on his design for this show and the fact that they made him so like stretchy and <laughs> and flexible and almost like Play-Doh in like the way that he's animated sometimes is kind of a pretty huge feat for this show consider like considering what his design looks like. Yeah. It was also odd for me to see when he turned human again, he had both arms. Yep. Yes, that is a very yep. <laughs> interesting thing this episode does. The serum that turns him into the lizard has nothing to do with regrowing limbs or anything to do with himself. So the fact that he's testing a serum for swamp fever on himself isn't actually addressed in a way that like is relevant. And then, yeah, he yeah. has all of his limbs, so it had nothing to do with that either, which isn't what the comic did (laughs) like his his whole you know like regrowing limbs thing like that that's baked into his origin it's not like a thing they added later yeah it's it is interesting like i i I guess i mean i guess that's that was just very much like oh maybe that's too dark for kids at the time maybe i don't know but it's it's one of those things where too where because i know that 
we talked about it last week, but like Stan Lee and, and, and John Romita, like both were like creative consultants on this show. But then you have stuff like Connors with two arms and not being Connors being Connor. And it does kind of feel like they might've been there like as consultants, but a lot of the stuff was just sort of probably first draft and they did, didn't actually maybe show them what they were doing, <laughs> you know, maybe. or at least they didn't actually have final approval or maybe they just didn't really care that much. It's just like, yeah, you can change it. Who cares? It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's a fascinating balance though, because this episode starts pretty much where the lizard origin in the comics starts. Like yeah. the way that Peter gets there is the exact same way, you know? So yeah. clearly they, they, well, I guess, I shouldn't say clearly they read it. They could have been told where to start the episode, but you would think they would have read that story. Yeah. It also seems that the writers of the show thought his name was Lizard Man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, there are a number That's of so people weird. who call him Lizard Man. <laughs> also, we, we didn't discuss Spider-Man having the power to make, like, a swamp boat propeller thing with his webs. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, that's the best thing about the old shows is all the web constructs. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what I kind of love about this one, though, is that, like, because uh, in the 80s shows, he does a lot of, like, wacky stuff. But I feel like they're almost, like, really co- – they're, like, really complicated to an absurd absurd extent. With this one, it's weird because it's, like – it's complicated because he's still building machines, like machine parts, but he didn't build an entire web boat. He yeah. just built like the propeller <laughs> of the boat and then like pieces to float on with his feet, which is almost funnier because it's like this weird piecemeal boat that like is both more realistic, but also seems even sillier than if he just made an entire web boat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious to see if on IMDb, Stan and John Romita are credited as as smiling Stan Lee and as jazzy Johnny Romita. Because <laughs> that made me laugh. But you know how IMDb usually says if you're credited in a different way. Yeah. That'd be kind of yeah. fun to see. I don't know. Because IMDb is a mess for this show. Oh, like, yeah. the, cre- the credits for this show are all over the place. They don't have descriptions for half the episodes. Like, it's, yeah, it's a whole mess. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not there. But it should be because that is how they're credited. <laughs> That would be delightful. I hope they do that. And the other comment I had about this first episode, too, is I feel like Peter sounds a bit older than I would expect Peter Parker to sound like. Absolutely. Uh Yeah, that was a thing we were sort of like realizing, I think, as we talked about the first episode last week is like, oh, that's right. This is sort of the first time Peter Parker was given a literal voice, (laughs) like in an official capacity, I think. So what we've sort of come to know as a Peter Parker-like voice, uh, like, doesn't quite exist yet. See, Peter Parker needs to sound like Greg Brady from the Brady Bunch movie. That's all we need. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I know we keep referencing the stuff that we talked about last week, but, like, Craig, the episode's not out yet for you, so you could have never listened to it. So this will all be new for you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The thing that was interesting is that, like, in Stan's, like, character profiles that he was suggesting to them, the suggestion that they took was that Spider-Man would have two different voices for Peter Parker and for Spider-Man. Like, in the way that, like, Christian Bale does Batman, where he has his Bruce Wayne voice and his Batman voice, it was sort of like Peter Parker's voice should be kind of higher pitched and closer to a teenager. And then he lowers his voice an octave for Spider-Man. Which I'm really Spider-Man. Because <laughs> I am Spider-Man. Exactly. And, like, Paul Soule's natural speaking voice, I think, is the deep Spider-Man voice, which sounds like, you know a 40 year old man which i think he was and so like he just like kind of fakes pitching up his voice when he's peter 
it was kind of inconsistent in the first episode we watched. There isn't as much switching between Peter and Spider-Man in this one, so I think it's more more consistent by default. But, like, it's an interesting thing that, like, no other Spider-Mans do after this, like, changing, making the voice different. But they also don't sound like 40-year-old men either, so, you know. <laughs> At least Worst not until Toby cars. and Andrew show up in the next movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Too oh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I feel like the character designers of the show really did Martha Connors dirty. <laughs> Dude. She looks like like an eighty year old woman with like a bright red wig. <laughs> Does What's every woman like in the, the show have red hair? For real, they do. <laughs> Betty so Brandt has red so hair. Far? Martha has red hair. <laughs> Why'd you say that? Name? All women have red hair. It's like a beehive. Like it's and not even like a cool looking beehive. No. It's like an atrocious beehive. <laughs> it's like a bad period wig. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fully agree. I, I I do love. I was going to point this out when you when, we, when you mentioned the alligators. I like that the alligators are there and like beautifully crudely drawn alligators that seem like they're going to be a threat. And then Spider-Man just leaves like he does nothing with them. Like, yeah, he's left with the alligators as the guards to attack him. And then he's just like, well, I'm going to crawl up the wall and forget that those things ever exist. (laughs) And that's it. Well, I mean, there are alligators everywhere in Florida, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There should have been a whole a whole like alligator cabal happening when they're fighting in the swamp water at the end of it. That would have been cool. I love that they did a little bit of underwater fighting though towards the beginning of the episode. I like that their first sort of encounter was him pulling him under the water. That's where my that's what my reference was, Derek, when he was like, My spider sense is telling me and then he gets pulled under the water. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I forgot. Um, about that. But I like that little underwater fight. It's it, you know, it has that little bit of like goofy sort of old school, not quite superhero, uh, like squashy animation going on when he like bounces off the lizard's butt to like get <laughs> to the top of the water. Like yeah. it's, just, it's it's such a funny little sequence underwater that they do. <laughs> it's something yeah. we take advantage or we take for granted being older, you know, seeing the animation of now that like the lizard's outfit doesn't get wet at all underground or underwater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a little weird too. It's like, oh, oh wait, they can't do that back then. <laughs> yeah, like they literally they don't can't even capacity. draw Spider-Man's webs. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's like such the charm of this show is that like everything is like this level of crudeness. That's like, oh y'all, everything was a first draft. Y'all didn't have time to do anything, um, but that makes it so fun because nothing is ever on model. There's no details on anything, and it just makes it all that much more surreal for the most part to watch them. Even when an episode is like pretty straightforward in a super basic like comic book story you know Mm -hmm. like it's still it's still weird even when nothing that weird is actually happening it's so fun (laughs) yeah i think this one was pretty yeah this was like probably probably the most straightforward like comic book story granted we've only watched and talked about four segments so far but like i think this is the most straightforward like comic book style story that the show has told to this point yeah yeah, it's the only one that's really that's so far that's specifically based on the plot of an issue too, which is interesting. Yeah, and I also like the line: "You tested the swamp fever serum on yourself and became a giant lizard," <laughs> which ain't that just what it is? Relatable content, <laughs> am I right? Relatable content, Florida man, yeah. <laughs> Florida man. Yep. <laughs> 
any other any other thoughts on this uh, on this segment or fun uh, observations before we get to faces of the episode? Well, I noticed when watching the opening titles that they spelled jewelry wrong in one of the shots, but yeah. then when we see it again, it's correct. Yeah. I thought that was really weird. Like, where's the quality control? <laughs> again, everything on this show is first draft. Yeah. It's just like you drew it. There you go. No, no editors. Oh, we saw a mistake. Too late. It's already airing on TV right now. Too late. <laughs> it's so funny. I never noticed that, though. I, I wonder if that's corrected for future seasons or if that's one of those things that's just a forever thing. Because I don't think they actually changed the opening at all. So I yeah, feel I, like I they caught it and then thought to fix it the second time it shows up and then forgot to go back or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like the editors I, of Deadline proofread this show. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it's just no time and no money, and that's yeah. what you get. <laughs> yep. If it's enjoyable, that's all that matters, though, right? Exactly. So, all yeah. exactly. Again, that's like the that's like the whole charm of this show is that it's just like, man, y'all were y'all were working real hard on <laughs> on very tight constraints, very clearly, and that's what makes it so fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so some some fun faces of this episode. This show has so many, but. I, I limited it myself to pulling a few. The whole sequence at the beginning of the Daily Bugle, Pete's drawn like how he sounds, really. <laughs> uh, he's drawn he's drawn like a 50-year-old man. Like, especially w- when you consider that he's in a suit with, like, the the most 60s dad crew cut. Yeah. We, they draw him with a ton of extra lines on his face. And he just looks like an old man. Stick out, like, a pipe in his mouth. And he would be, some, <laughs> he would be like the Lever to Beaver dad. He looks like Steve Ditko, the pictures we had of him at that time. <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> totally does. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and I pulled two friends. One of them is just like showing off, accentuating all his wrinkles that he has. I also love the really creepy like smile that he gives to to Betty once Jonah approves his uh, his ticket to Florida. It's um. It's something. I <laughs> it kind of unironically love it because it, it it I feel like it really illustrates how this cartoon, like the era in which this cartoon was made, sure. like in that sort of like before there was sort of like a standard tone for what a superhero show should kind of look and feel like. It feels so much more cartoony than you would expect superhero characters to kind of get. Unless the show is explicitly a comedy, you know, like a Teen Titans yeah. Go or a Brave and the Bold or something like that. It actually gives me vibes of like a retro ad, like an ad from the 50s that's selling me cigarettes. <laughs> like it feels like that's the face that you'd see on it. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones I pulled, like we said, the lizard looks fantastic in this episode. Every every way that they draw him, there were so many screen caps that I was taking and I was like, it's just going to be too much. So I just limited myself to a few of them. But like every time they draw his face, it looks different and it always looks like like squishy and it's great. I like the face where he's yelling and they give him a bunch of like bags under his eyes. I don't really know what that's about, but I love it. Like I think it looks great. <laughs> yeah. And then when Spidey gives him the serum, like, first he's, like, forcing it into his mouth. And he looks really cute because his eyes are so big. And he's just taking it. Um, And then after he takes the serum, like, the way that his face stretches and his forked tongue is on display. And he's got those, like, Cruella de Vil spirals happening in his eyes. Like, Lizard just looks so cool. (laughs) Yeah, the the second and third one that you pulled especially remind me. I like that you said Cruella de Vil eyes because I was thinking of, like... 
the snake from Robin Hood eyes. I feel like yeah. these two frames really highlight sort of like how this show has some of those old school cartoon Disney esque, but obviously not Disney vibes. Uh, just in like what the style of cartoon was. Yeah, one hundred percent. Any final thoughts before we move on to the second segment? I just liked it. I thought it was like a nice little concise yeah. comic book cartoon. It took some yeah. weird liberties, but I can be okay with them. <laughs> yeah. The liberties are like relatively small for the most part, since they're not really diving into like human interest stories anyway. Like if you just take the bare bones of a lizard plot, it's there, you know? I would I would say for the most part, I do think it is sort of bizarre that they gave him two arms. Yeah. I do think that's like a yeah. really strange choice for them to make. <laughs> It's fair. But yeah, like the, the <laughs> like the I guess like the essence of it is still the same. He accidentally turns himself to a lizard, so And a lizard in the swamp attacking people. Like that's a, that's yeah. the classic lizard plot, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Hello amazing friends. We'd like to take a moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons, Bo, Eric, Carl, Katie, Mike, and Lillian. If you would like to support our show, too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Well, moving on to the next segment. This is uh, still episode two, but the second segment of episode two, entitled Electro the Human Lightning Bolt. The synopsis per me is Electro steals a lot of stuff. (laughs) And gets Spider-Man framed for it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, as a result of him stealing a lot of stuff. So I think I pointed out the most important point. (laughs) Yes. So clearly Electro character (laughs) highlighted here. Uh, Electro is voiced by Tom Harvey. This is another Canadian actor who worked on a bunch of the projects that we mentioned last week. When we talked through the credited cast, like the Wayne and Schuster series and specials, and a number of those Canadian anthology series that we referenced, those like drama anthology series. He's one of the types of guys we often talk about when we talk about the 80s show, who had a career in radio accompanied by a very hefty list of purported credits. Not not for me to doubt, but the way that those things are credited is not really properly credited at all so in his case the purported number of appearances in radio drama surpasses 2,000 credits but you know again radio drama credits uh, are very difficult to find so we believe you tom harvey (laughs) he did appear in another show that we've talked about Uh, he portrayed dr olmstead in one episode of maniac mansion which is certainly a commentary episode that we did and certainly a thing that you can listen to us try to comprehend (laughs) 
<laughs> Craig, have you ever sh- have you ever heard of the live action Canadian sitcom Maniac Mansion? Yes, before? I believe they showed it on the USA Network in the early nineties. No but there was also a video um, game yeah. for Nintendo. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I I was familiar with the video game, but I'd never heard of the show. And so yeah. we watched an episode of it. It it came up it came up because when we were doing the X Men crossover on the '90s Spider Man show, the the actor voices Beast uh, George Buza, I think was his name, mm-hmm. was an actor on Maniac Mansion. He played like the toddler that was aged up into an adult man. So we were like, this this show sounds really weird and interesting. We should like watch it for one of our Patreon commentaries because it's probably really wacky and silly and stuff. Um, but we watched it and it's like, oh, this is like a <laughs> this is like an intellectual, like clever character based comedy <laughs> that just happens to be a little bit surreal, not like a weird and wacky comedy, yeah. which is a really hard thing to watch if you're trying to do like a fun riff tracks commentary to but it. I like, feel so. like the advertising they did. For the show was fairly wacky, though. Yeah, if I'm rem- remembering I'm sure. correctly, I'm gonna feel really dumb if I'm like confusing it with something else. I should probably no. Look I don't it doubt up. it. <laughs> I don't doubt it though, because it, it has sort of a it, it's sort of in the same kind of family tree. It feels like as an Adams family or a Munsters type of thing, or at least that's how it feels. So I could see yeah. the advertising sort of reflecting that as a draw in. But yeah, it, it it was like a much more like strangely slow? comedic, cerebral, slow burn yeah. episode at least. Um, and yeah. we were like, "What is hap- Is this the show?" <laughs> like it was so bizarre. I think that it's and I th- think that it's good. I think it's probably oh, good. Sure. Yeah, it was just the worst thing for us to blindly like try to talk over and make yep. jokes about. <laughs> I was wrong. It aired on the Family Channel, not. USA. Okay. But oh, wow. uh, guest stars in the show included Martin Short and Eugene uh-huh. Levy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think Eugene Levy was one of the co creators, right? Uh, or, or something like that? Yeah, it looks like it? it's an SCTV thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, he that was the sense. creator, actually. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure if we, like, watched it, like, for real, it would be good. Yeah, that but, was like, sort of our verdict. Yeah, it's just funny. I mean, because it is a weird premise, like a weird stuff happens and there's like a dude that's like a fly with a guy's head on his body, but he's like comic relief. Like, it's definitely a weird, surreal show, just not in the way that we (laughs) expected it to be. (laughs) Yeah, so if you wanted to check that out, you can find that on our Patreon. And, you know, if you enjoy beverages, bring one. Oh, it's a ter- it's a terrible episode, but it's also <laughs> it's great gross. at how how bad it is. We're having a miserable time on that commentary episode. <laughs> well, luckily, the episode that we are talking about uh, here, or the segment of this episode we're talking about, is not quite that um, at all. Not it's at all. Uh, much different, much much more quickly paced, uh, even than I think the the segments of this sixty seven show we've talked about. So. Uh, Let me get into what this episode is. So this episode opens on a stormy night in New York as Spider-Man patrols some of his usual action spots when he discovers (laughs) Electro burglarizing J. Jonah Jameson's house and disarming a security system built into a vault. He snaps a few pictures and confronts the villain. After some brief chaos, Spidey reactivates the alarm with the goal of assisting the police in apprehending Electro. But Electro escapes and the police accuse Spider-Man of being the culprit. 
So, the next day, Peter attempts to prove Spider-Man's innocence by showing the photos, but Jameson dismisses his photos and Electro as fakes and a clown and offers a reward for Spidey's capture. So to clear his name, Spider-Man finds and attempts to apprehend Electro again, but Electro escapes again. However, this time, Spider-Man manages to attach a spider tracy tracy a spider tracer <laughs> to Electro's shoulder. Uh, unfortunately, Electro does discover the tracer and leaves it at the scene of a jewel store robbery uh, and then sets off the alarm. So when Spider-Man arrives, so do the police, and he is accused once again of Electro's crime. So, evading the police this second time, Spider-Man regroups in his home lab. He reinforces his webbing and creates a new tracking device that isn't reliant on a tracer um, and finds Electro. And he finds him in an amusement park storage room, and the two clash a third time. This time, when Electro tries to use his electric powers, they bounce off of Spidey's new asbestos-infused webbing. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And into a box of fireworks, which allows Electro to sneak out of the storage room, which I will say was not a very clear sequence. I had to rewind a number of times to understand what the hell was going on with the fireworks. But yeah. I guess we can we can discuss. Here in LA, the police confiscated some fireworks and it blew up an entire fireworks truck. <laughs> it's like you guys had one job to get rid of them. Yeah, just and get so rid of them. That that <laughs> happened yesterday. So like I'm watching this and oh, when I geez. see that in the news, I'm like, damn. So oh, no. I, I could buy it on Spider Man. Is what I'm saying. No, totally. Yeah. That part made sense, but like he goes outside, and then Electro's just, like, riding a roller coaster. And I was like, when did Electro even leave? And I guess it's because there were fireworks going off and Spider-Man was occupied. <laughs> and he wanted to ride the yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. Totally understandable. I mean, if I was in, like, an abandoned m- amusement park, like, and had free range of a roller coaster, and with his powers, <laughs> makes sense. He can j- turn it on with, yeah. his, with his finger. I, w- I would be doing that all freaking day, man. That sounds that fabulous. That is a good point. Yeah, that is the best use of those powers, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so Electro's riding this roller coaster because, of course, and then follows uh, or and then leads Spider-Man into a funhouse. After toying with Spider-Man a little bit in like one of those like nauseating rotating tunnel things, and then like a little <laughs> merry-go-round thing. Electro leads him into a hall of mirrors where he destroys each mirror one by one with the intention of ending on the real deal, just, I guess, to torture Spider-Man. But this doesn't work, like, even a little bit. Spider-Man drops a web net on Electro, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Electro is defeated by a web net. So the episode ends back at the Bugle, where Jameson dictates a press release condemning Spider-Man as the perpetrator of the recent crime spree. But of course, as he's doing this, Spider-Man lowers the webbed-up Electro right outside of Jameson's window, prompting Jameson to kill the story and hilariously dig through the trash for Peter's photos. And this segment ends with an echo to the first segment, and Jameson says, I don't know how Parker could have known. And Betty says, just dumb luck, I guess. <laughs> so, cool reference, I guess, to yourself yeah. 11 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's not even that good of a joke, but okay, that's fine. I mean. Well, it's weird because they did that in lieu of a joke. Like, I just assumed every yeah. segment is going to end in a joke, and I was really confused sure. as to why the first one didn't. And then when I got to the second one, I was like, oh, oh, your was joke is just yourself? <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. set it up 11 minutes ago, but at least you Very delivered, odd. I guess. <laughs> you know, it's fun to see Jameson digging through the, cr- the Oh, trash. I did like that like part. That Very image. much. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how about this episode? 
it's funny that like the plot of this episode is like the plot that I would expect from a Mysterio or chameleon episode mm. of like Spider-Man getting framed, but they do it with Electro, which is bizarre, but also kind of fun because it makes it different. Like there's only so many ways you can really use Electro. Um, and if you don't want to do like a big Electro turns video games, real story or whatever, if you don't like, want to do cool shit, is that what you're saying? <laughs> sure. Derek, yeah. We didn't have video games in 1967. <laughs> I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. I was referencing I was I referencing Amazing Friends specifically. But good point. There was an, there wasn't enough electricity to go around for Electro to do cool stuff with his powers. So what else is he going to do other than frame Spider-Man? Well, what I loved was that they always conveniently had his back turned to the camera so they didn't have to draw his face every time. Electro's face? Yes. Yeah, Electro's face. Like it seemed like he was always turned around. That's such a good point. I was trying to find like a good face that he made and I couldn't find one. And that totally explains why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The The best thing that I ever saw, it wouldn't have made a good face because it's more like the movement. But there is a bit when um, I think when Spidey shows up to his uh, his amusement park hideout, Electro is like bent over, like going through his treasure or whatever. And when Spidey shows up behind him. Uh, one of Electro's pupils move to the right to look behind him. <laughs> Just the one pupil moves over and that's it oh before that's, he eventually turns around. That's a real chameleon <laughs> move too, but that's... Yeah. It's a chameleon but, um, conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> also, another random thing, just speaking of Electro and his jewelry, he stores his jewelry in like a carousel horse, um, which he opens like the head of like at the neck. So he opens like the neck of it. So there's a big gaping hole in its neck, but then he still puts the jewelry in the mouth of the (laughs) horse, which then slides down into the hole of the neck that he could have just put the the jewelry into directly i don't know it's like a weird like pez dispenser situation but he's putting it into the top while it's already open it's really bizarre but i thought it was really funny no i agree that was that was a thing i was also going to make sure was was brought up (laughs) (laughs) it's beautiful i also felt some of the swinging in this part too that spider-man's doing reminds me of some of the older spider-man video games like the atari game where it's just like oh yeah oh, right on. it just i mean it, it i liked it don't get me wrong yeah. but it yeah. really gave me that almost like the jungle hunt video game vibe too you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's kind of the vibe of like all the web swinging he does in this show really i think that makes a lot of sense all of his web swinging that he does because they recycle so many shots of it anyway yeah like it's sort of the those same the same stock footage but it's like yeah the atari game vibes like that's so that's so totally what it is that's so that's so funny i also thought it looked cool when you had the like what we thought was lightning going in front of him in the start of the episode although yeah. i mean if i had been spider-man i probably would not have stuck my head in jonah's window if electricity was coming out of it but i do love that he's like lightning shooting upward that's strange (laughs) yeah (laughs) not that it's like coming from a room but that is or i'm gonna take a picture of electro robbing jonah i don't know how i'm gonna explain that my camera was in jonah's house thank you that is so funny to me. I'm so glad you brought that up, Craig, because it makes perfect sense to me that Jonah would be like, what is wrong with you, Peter? You will literally do anything for a dollar, like like creep outside my house? And especially considering the fact that he doesn't think Electro's even real, 
Jameson legit thinks that Peter like went to his house, took a photo into his house, and then doctored a clown into the photo. Like, <laughs> what does he think Peter Parker is? Like, some like he has a real warped uh, like perspective of of Peter Parker. Peter and Parker is fairly, a weird forty year old man. <laughs> he's, a, yes. he's a weird forty year old man masquerading as a teenager. <laughs> Leave me out of this. No, I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. I've been listening to uh I've been listening to a number of true crime podcasts that have to do with like um like fake identities and stuff like that. And now all I can think of is like Peter Parker in that same context, but like as a forty year old man posing as a teenager working at the newspaper, trying to like frame or like like uh like blackmail his boss. I feel Very like strange. this is like a pitch for like a reboot of Younger to come on in about ten years. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! I love it. That said, as much as we're like ragging on it, I would love to see like the extended version of this. Like, if it was a full twenty-two minute episode, yeah. where they do kind of deal with Jonas and legitimately questioning how Peter was at his house and then like getting suspicious of him in some way. And I'm having to sort of deal with that in the midst. So like that Peter Parker's life is getting wrecked at the same time that Spider-Man is getting framed. Like I actually think there's a kernel for a really compelling base, you know, still basic, but like compelling quintessential Spider-Man story there, but they only have like 11 minutes. So absolutely. I have a question for you all about the series because I don't know that much about it. Do we mm-hmm. see characters like Aunt May or Mary Jane or Gwen in this? We will, but no not Gwen, a whole lot. Yeah, no Gwen. Mary Jane pops up once in the last season. Aunt May only pops up once in the first season, but I do think that she makes appearances later on in the show. Let me guess, they give Aunt May red hair too? I don't know, but I can <laughs> no, tell you don't. who she's voiced by. Oh my gosh, yes, Peg Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, though, Derek, like, I think you're totally right. I would love to see this story inspire an episode done by the Spectacular creators or the 2017 Marvels creators. Like, I think those two shows that have a particular interest in, like, weaving sort of stories with consequences, I think would do a really Mm -hmm. good job with this premise. Yeah. Granted, neither of those shows, well, Spectacular does, but 2017 doesn't um feature like jameson very much but um spectacular could do it but that said like you know this show will eventually do full 22 minute episodes yeah so i'm sure that it's never going to get that in depth just because of what it is but like i think there might be space to deal with a little more of that stuff later on in the show like i could see still see this a 67 version of that storyline that still has a jonah plot going on at the same time that they could potentially pull yeah. off. I'm curious to see, cause I haven't seen that much of the second and third seasons to see like what sort of storylines they do, but just for having to fill out that much time, they have to have more stuff going on. You'd think so. I don't yeah. know. We'll it's see. really just injecting <laughs> a little bit of Parker luck, which they haven't really been able to do a whole lot of in 11 minutes. I don't know. They referenced yeah. luck at the end of every episode so far. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> It's so true. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, because we're going to have to point it out as it comes up, like Meme Watch 1967. This episode, the very beginning of it, features the Spidey at the desk meme. It's Mm -hmm. just an image of J. Jonah Jameson instead of an image of of Spider-Man himself, which I actually didn't know. I didn't know where that meme came from. So it's funny that 
it's actually even funnier, I think, that there's an image of a smiling Jameson behind him <laughs> um, <laughs> with that. So that comes from this episode. And then the other one actually is a face that we'll mention later on. So I'll save that when we, when we get to that uh, screenshot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also love, love Electro, like, surfing on the power lines, um, especially the bit when Addison's doing it. He's like, looks like you're born to lose. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, no, oh. sorry. Sorry. I, I, I said that wrong. He says, looks like you're a born loser. I... As he's surfing on the way into the, di- on, into the horizon on power lines. It's fantastic. I am obsessed with this voice performance. I love this Electro's perform. I don't really care that much about like this characterization of Electro, like through the story, but I love the way that Tom Harvey voices this character. It's so over the top. It's beautiful. It is a delight. It really is. I mean, because Electro like is such a nothing character in a lot of iterations. Like, yeah, I don't. Even though the episodes that he's like he he's in like a good episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends in the video man episode. Right. I like that episode, but he is so boring in that episode. He himself <laughs> like he is so nothing and his voice performance is just so generic bad guy that like if you're going to if if you're going to do nothing with Electro, at least let him be over the top. And yeah, I like that in this episode a lot. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out about this episode, though it might have been no, I don't think it involved a different character. Um, the asbestos web thing. I know in the <laughs> comics, I think it was Amazing Spider-Man four twenty five. He faces Electro. I'm going to be very embarrassed if it was the Shocker who he faced instead. But I mean, <laughs> we won't know. <laughs> yeah, but he faces Electro and he makes a special like a- asbestos version of his costume. Oh, and that's, that's how cool. he stops him. And it's kind of like a padded, it's a cool looking suit. Wait, is that yeah. suit in is that suit in one of the games? Yes, I think if it's if it's the same one, there is like an insulated suit yeah. that's in either the first and I think it might only be in the second one because the second game well, it in the it's in the second PlayStation game for sure, because that's the electro main bad guy game and there is an insulated suit that i think if i remember correctly like in the game it says that it was created to fight electro so i think that that's right but i think it is also in the ps4 game is that's what i was gonna ask i swear there's one at least that sounds like what you're describing craig in the ps4 game okay sort of like almost insulated puffy-ish yes kind of i'm trying to find a picture i'm not finding one but i believe it was when steve scross was drawing the series for a brief time nice that's so funny you know, it's funny, yeah. too, because, like, I fully associate asbestos just with, like, uh, like insulation and fire. I never really think about it with regards to electricity, even though electricity just can cause fire. So at first I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but it's cool that it ends up sort of being, uh, like, a thread throughout. The Marvel Wiki calls it the electro-proof suit. And there was such a like suit that. in at least one of the video games, it appears. Oh my gosh, I just nice. googled asbestos suit without any sort of reference to Spider-Man and <laughs> just got a bunch of like dudes in like white work like gear. I'll put something in the little chat for everybody to see. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't imagine this. I love it. Whenever I think of asbestos, I just think like lawsuit commercials and people saying that if you've worked with asbestos and are sick from it, then call this law firm and we'll help you get money. And the asbestos muffins. <laughs> We're baking as best as we can. 
Oh no! That's right. That's right. I feel like right. uh, I the Human Torch that. fought an asbestos man, or something. Oh, oh wow! That's that's what I'm finding. Yeah. I searched asbestos suit Spider Man, and it's all literally just the uh, the Human Torch. Okay. Well, I put something <laughs> in the so chat. Funny. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can see it. Yeah. It's kind of. A I don't cool know if it's exactly suit. the PS4 one, but I think it might be. I think the PS4 one is inspired by that suit. If it's not, it's probably inspired. Yeah, I think it's just like an sure. updated sort of version of it. Mm-hmm. So I, it's cool. Yeah, I did think it was cool that you know we had the webs in this, and then they had, you know, eventually they did put something like that in the comics, just to a larger okay. effect. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea what that suit was. Thank you for for enlightening me. <laughs> See, this is my random Spider-Man knowledge for y'all. Oh, that's I great. love it. <laughs> yeah, we're not super familiar with like the entirety of the comics. I'm working my way through, but I'm still... Uh, I actually am at the point at which this episode is airing. So I'm not even close. Oh, wow. To, uh, so you just got to John Romita, probably. I did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been a fun fun shift. Where the characters <laughs> all become super pretty. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We've talked about some of the some of the issues on our Patreon just because it sort of coincided with like the movie commentaries that we've done, and like it is wild because I think we we did read we for one of the episodes we did we just read some of the Green Goblin issues mm-hmm. that just happened to coincide with Ditko leaving and Romita taking over, and it's just like oh wow, everyone just suddenly gets so much nicer and happier the second <laughs> yep. that Ditko leaves because they're not all drawn with scowls on their face and everyone yeah. looks so glamorous. <laughs> They all look like Barbie dolls and Ken dolls. Well, I mean, John Romita got started doing, like, romance comics. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Totally checks out. That does check out. But it's also weird because Steve Ditko, I mean, he's definitely, like, a legend in the industry, obviously. But his style Mm -hmm. never, like, really evolved. If anything, it kind of degraded a little bit. And so, Mm -hmm. like, when I started collecting comics, he did a series called Speedball with the character from the New Warriors. And... Mm. The Speedball comic, unfortunately, looked like it was drawn in the 60s with like 60s styles and hair and everything. And it was really unfortunate. And then, (laughs) you know, I mean, it would have been great, though, if Stanley and Steve Ditko had gotten to do one last Spider-Man comic together. But Ditko had no interest. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's fascinating, though. (laughs) It is. I kind of want to check check out that comic now just because it's such an odd thing like Mm -hmm. to to be so out of time like that because that is something that i feel like could be it could be cool in the right context like if it's sort of like if you're embracing that style like that 60s style like if he was doing a comic that took place in the 60s but was drawing it in the 90s or 2000s or whatever yeah and he did a few comics like that where he was drawing purposely in a 60s style but this it just looked very like out of date because it's supposed to be present day yeah yeah yeah. But, like, he later did a comic called The Secret City Saga, which was based on Jack Kirby design characters. And that was purposely mm-hmm. written by Silver Age writers, drawn by Silver Age artists. And Ditko was perfect for that, obviously. Yeah, that sounds cool. Just a couple of other notes that I had. The Spider Tracer he refers to as an electronic spider device, first of all. <laughs> um, yep. But the bit when he, like actually throws his throws it at electro is he 
because Electro is like, oh, you're just throwing rocks at me. Is he actually throwing a bunch of rocks with a spider tracer in the hopes that the spider tracer would happen to land on his shoulder? Or is it like I assume that it was the way that it was drawn? Is he just throwing a ton of spider tracers at him? Because then at least there's a likelihood that one of them will land on him. Because it looks like it's a bunch of spiders that he's throwing at him. I didn't look at it more closely, but I did watch it a couple times just because, like, I thought he was initially throwing a bunch of spider tracers, which seemed wasteful. Um, right? But then when when Electro <laughs> said, oh, you're just throwing rocks, then I just assumed yeah. they were all rocks but one. But I don't know. It makes the most sense. It makes the most sense. It's still, like, a funny way to get a spider tracer onto the guy, like... You could just wait till he turns around and then throw it, or you could Web throw, it over throw a bunch of rocks at him. Yeah. Yeah, right. But all right, I guess you picked the point of most resistance to do that. Sure. What else did you have? You said you had a couple things. Actually, I thought I had a couple, but that was the only one that we haven't talked about already. Well, I oh, guess God. then uh, I guess then we've got some faces, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so let's do it. some faces here. Uh, first one is just uh, Spider-Man hiding behind the desk with the fallen picture of Jameson. Uh, and they're just being besties. They're just being buds. <laughs> it's just fun to see them together. It's cute. <laughs> and it's a good picture of Jameson. It's like a beaming picture of Jameson, which I like. It is. He looks so happy. He's so rarely happy. It's nice. Nice to see him happy for once in his life. That's because he yeah. saw your last face that you pulled. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Spoiler. Exactly. <laughs> well, a little bit of suspense before we get to that one, because that's the best one. <laughs> um, I yeah. did pull a frame that uh, really, I don't know if I would have, I might have pulled it otherwise, but I pulled it specifically because last week we had pulled a frame where Spider-Man was doing this same action where he was swinging toward the camera. And last week we pulled it because it was such a, sort of like loose, not off model because they don't really have anything on model, but it's as far, like far away from a model as you kind of would get in the episode. And then in this week's episode, they do the same action, but it's like the most detailed uh, depiction of Spider-Man with like line shading and like shadows that it normally It looks like a Ditko there. panel. Yeah. It does. way more comic It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. cool. Um, and it'll be especially cool to put them sort of side by side just because you know these are mm-hmm. literally one episode apart <laughs> and the eyes are definitely yeah. very different too yeah 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 you're right it, it just looks like it's a comic panel it doesn't look like it's from this show at all i think the, the shading definitely it like stands out to me a lot because that's not a thing that the show does ever nope that kind of shading isn't a thing that a lot of shows do <laughs> <laughs> right also, the web is literally just braided rope. Like, it's just rope. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Nothing's perfect. And then finally. <laughs> this is the other meme I was pointing out. Because I definitely see lots of Spider-Man bottom images going around. Of here, course. Here and there. <laughs> of course. And they linger on this pose for too long for us not to include it. And it's just a moment where Spider-Man turns around to look at Electro uh, but doesn't turn around enough to not show off that ass. Oh, man. 
<laughs> I think this show does that a lot. This show's very proud of Spider-Man's beautiful butt. You know, we joked that Spider-Man didn't know what feminism is, but what's more feminist than um, forcing men to also break their backs when they turn around in superhero properties? Yeah, it, it looks like Black Widow in the Avengers poster. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it so does. My wow. ass and my face face the exact same direction. <laughs> beautiful. Feminist icon, Spider-Man. Of course. Sacrificing your spine to stick it to the man. Exactly. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. (laughs) Well, Craig, what do you think of the show? I was amused. (laughs) No, I I don't know that I would always go out of my way to watch this again. Sure. But if it was on, I would certainly sit down and watch it. If that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. it was enjoyable. It wasn't like something where you sit down and like, oh, I hate this. This is boring. It certainly wasn't boring. I think it's um, kind of like what you guys are talking about on this podcast. It's kind of fascinating how it mm-hmm. fits into the overall Spider-Man history and being the first real Spider-Man cartoon. And, you know, it has contributed so much to memes and all that. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'd be curious to see more at some point, though, like how they handled certain other characters and that sort of thing. But yeah, I I just, it was fun. It was Spider-Man. So how can you go wrong? And it is like quite traditionally Spider-Man. I mean, that's probably just a product of it being the very first Spider-Man cartoon. But, you know, we've covered um, a number of Spider-Man cartoons at this point. And because there are so many there end up being these sort of debates about like, is this really a Spider-Man show? Like, obviously it's Spider-Man and obviously it's a show, but like, is it getting too far away from what we understand Spider-Man to be? If nothing else, this is a very traditional (laughs) Spider-Man, at least in this first season, you know? For sure. Like you said, it's like, uh, I don't know how you described it. Cozy or comfortable. Yeah. It's comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's comfortable. It is very comfortable and it's charming too. I think. And I do love the backgrounds. The backgrounds are so yeah. good. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> cool. Well, Craig, if there's if there's nothing else we want to bring up, where would you like to be found on the internet if you would like to be found? Where would you find The main hub where you can find me is KSite TV on Twitter. I usually retweet my other stuff my, from my other accounts there. Uh, you know, Krypton site is how I kind of got started with a lot of this stuff with uh, Smallville and now Superman and Lois is on which is my favorite show that's currently on TV. We Ooh. hashtag we need a Spider-Man TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, yes. it's KSI TV is where people can find me, and maybe someday we'll be writing about a Spider-Man TV show. I know we got Silk coming up at least. <gasps> yeah. So yeah. I can't wait to see how that manifests. Yeah, I hope it actually manifests. <laughs> that's also a good point. i'm not holding out hope that it'll actually happen but it'll be cool if that that it does (laughs) thank you so much for having me on this was so much fun yeah absolutely thank you so much for joining us well if you would like to find more from derek and me you can do that in a number of places you can do that by checking out our patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers where we have all sorts of goodies uh, many of which we referenced just during this episode actually Um, and check out our discord there's a link in our show notes and if you can't find it just shoot us a message we'll make sure you can get in there Uh, individually you can find us all over the place as well derek where can people find you and the things you're working on 
Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where I get together with my friends and we talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. If you like books and video games, you can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, uh, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I talk about all of the media we have been consuming lately. You can check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where Derek and I watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Toy Story 3 is out wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to check that out as well. Visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for everything the two of us are working on together. And follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please, as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too and they just haven't found us yet. And those ratings and reviews make us more visible. Next week, Mysterio comes to menace Spidey in yet another episode entitled The Menace of Mysterio. (laughs) See you then. See ya. Battling a mystery man is dangerous enough for any web-slinger, but it's twice as tough when your frantic neighborhood Spider-Man has to fight the police at the same time. Only the murderous Mysterio could put me in a trap like this. Where all my strength, all my weapons are useless against his mystical powers. You've got to be here for next week's thriller. I need all the help I can get. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big bang up. Wherever there's a hang up, you'll find a spider.